Well, once again, you can be seated. Once again, it is an honor to have you today. I know we have a lot of guests, especially those who came to watch these babies, these precious babies be dedicated. We're glad you're here. What an honor that was. And uh, we're taking a, a break from our series that we're in, that we're in the Good Book series. And we're going to take a break, put that on hold this week. And I thought it would be extremely uh, appropriate for the first lady. She's coming, Kathy. Give it up for Kathy. She's going to bring a word today. I told on her a little bit in the first service. I'm going to do the same thing again. She hosted the Lace Tea uh, yesterday, which was a great event. She got home and began feeling really, really bad. And we had had the stomach virus going around the house, my oldest daughter and stuff that week. And I was, she's in there sick and I'm panicking because <laughs> I didn't have a message for y'all today. And it's Saturday, right? And so I'm trying to think of her. I'm trying to, well, anyway, she is here this morning because she's a mom and she pushes through and she's, come on, hallelujah. <laughs> come on, you guys know, you guys know we're pitiful. We get a cold and we, it's like, the end of the world, and they just keep the great hunt. Thank you, thank you. We appreciate her. You give it up one more time for Kathy. You all are so kind. I told him this morning, I said I wasn't going to tell that story because I didn't want to freak any of my moms out that was at the tea yesterday, but if I hugged you, I'd go home and bathe. <laughs> I told Barbie, Jordori, earlier today, I said, um, I should have known something was up when I said no thank you to dessert. <laughs> because <laughs> I love dessert, if you know me. I truly love dessert. I do want to say thank you to some people, and I know I'm not going to say thank you to everybody, and I know you're, you know, this is like taboo. People say don't do this in public, but the Mother's Day tea was a great success, and it was a great success because of the great team that I had around me. So, Gail Price and Lisa Harris, Jennifer Goodwin, Barbie Jordhoy, all of my hostesses yesterday, y'all did such an incredible job, and I am just so thankful to have you all in my life. Pam, thank you for the music yesterday. All of you, just amazing. If you missed it, be sure to check out Facebook because we've got all the, we're going to get all those pictures up for um, the tables. They were beautiful. We tried something a little different. We asked each table hostess to bring their own personality. So every table was different, but it turned out absolutely gorgeous. You could just see the different personalities coming out in each lady. And that's what it's all about, y'all. You know, the kingdom of God is not, it is, it's not one, it doesn't look one way. It's extremely diverse. And um, that was very evident yesterday. And yet, gorgeous. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so... I am excited to be here today. Happy Mother's Day to everybody. This is a Mother's Day message, but what I have to tell you today is just truth. And it's just truth that whether you're a mom or not, I hope you will take it home from here and just let it do something in you. Um, I never like to get up here and just talk. So I hope that what I have for you today, you'll be able to take with you and let it be soothing to your soul or maybe encourage you or whatever God wants to do in you that he will do you will allow him to do that in you all right so when somebody says to you tell me something about yourself how do we always start for me I often start 
with things like, well, I'm a mom, I'm a sister, I'm a daughter, I'm a friend. Or for me, I might say I'm a teacher, I'm a pastor's wife, I'm often a nurse, I might be a um, counselor, a decorator, right? And I'm just saying decorating is expensive, very expensive. We've, we've been decorating, and I'm like, we're going to have to slow down, babe. We, <laughs> I'm going to have to get a second job, keep this up. No. So, but what we do is we often wear these labels, right? These are different labels that we wear. And sometimes these labels are based on decisions that we've made or maybe the families that we grew up in or the circumstances that we allow to define us. Um, For example, I really am a proud mom. And I don't mind that label, but I often fail at mothering quite a bit. Um, I tend to dial it in at the last minute. So anybody in here watch the TV show called The Middle? Just a few of you, y'all got to watch the show. It's hysterical. It's very clean. This is one I would say we watch. It's very clean, but it's based around just this middle class, actually probably a lower middle class family. The mom's name is Frankie Heck, and she and I, we would be big friends because I'm a lot like her. In every episode, I can identify with something that she has done. But just last week, I dialed in a graduation party. No joke. Early in the year, you know, we knew Sarah was going to be graduating this year. That's not something that creeps up on you. You kind of know that ahead of time. And we also knew that she'd be turning 18 this year. And so early in the year, we said, Sarah, what do you want to do? You want to have a party? And the more we talked about it, the more we decided we would just combine the two. It would be an 18th birthday party and a graduation party together. So I had that locked in. Well, buddy, as soon as that idea was locked in, I was like, okay, we're good to go. I don't need to worry about this for a while. So here we are in March, and I've done nothing for this party. (laughs) And we buy a house, and we close on a house, and Alan goes out of town onto two different, like, cross-country out over, you know, somewhere different in the world, um, out of town. So he's gone a long time. Um... And there was just a lot going on, and I didn't think anything about it until Sarah's 18th birthday rolled around, which she was in Israel. Poor, pitiful Sarah. So pitiful. Um, But her 18th rolled around, I'm like, oh, my goodness, we've done nothing about this party. What am I going to do? So as soon as she got home, I said, Sarah, we've got to get this figured out. Let's plan it. Let's look at it. So we got to looking at the calendar, and, y'all, there were two weekends available for us to do this party if we were going to do it before graduation. So being the good mom that I am, I got on Shutterfly really fast and ordered some graduation announcements. And in the graduation announcement, I put a paper invitation made off of Word (laughs) inviting family and friends to her graduation party six days before the party and hand-delivered the invitations. I truly dialed it in. Thank you. I promise when you get married, Sarah, we're going to give it at least four weeks. Four weeks. I won't do that to you again. Uh, But at our house, we call that a Frankie Heck thing to do. So I did exactly what Frankie Heck might have done. And I labeled myself Frankie Heck. Let's pray.
Father, you are so good to us. You're so gracious. You are so merciful. And I am so thankful to be standing here today. Lord, I do pray that you will open our hearts and our minds to receive your word. Lord, just allow us to hear what you would have us to say. Father, not what I would say, but what you want us to hear and what you would have us to say. Lord, I I just pray that you will be with us. Let your presence be felt so strongly in this place today. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. And Father, just be with us. We commit this time to you. We ask that you just bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so there are other labels that we often wear too. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I wear the label that I'm a mess. I'm insecure. I use that as an excuse sometimes. You know, we shouldn't be using those as excuses, these labels. Um, I'm a people pleaser. Maybe I'm always late. That one I like a lot. I just go ahead and tell people up front, I tend to be late. What time you really want me there? Um, I'm just like my mother. Some of those are good things, right? Uh, I'm emotional. And then every time I fail, I might say, I'm a failure. But the trouble with these labels is that they place us in categories that are hard to escape, which ultimately leads to self-condemnation. There are some labels that I adore, and mom is one of those. But the problem with the label of mom is that it doesn't fully paint the picture of who I am or who I was created to be. I am a mom, but I'm so much more than that, and you are too. Mom is a title that I proudly carry, but there's other labels that matter more in the kingdom. In Matthew 12, 46 through 50, it says, As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are outside and they want to speak to you. Jesus asked, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, don't misunderstand what I'm saying today. I celebrate motherhood. Jesus made sure his mom was cared for. He respected her. He loved her. But y'all, he didn't elevate her above anyone else. Now listen, mom. You were created by God, and you have a purpose and a calling to be the very best mom you can be. But hear me. We have been deceived in believing that mothering is the highest calling of all. We've bought that lie that our most important relationship is the relationship with our children. And we've bought the lie that, our most, that making our children's lives the best that it can be is the most important responsibility that we have. So let's look at Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says, God saved you by grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Y'all, we are his masterpiece. What a label that we can choose to wear. I choose that one. God's masterpiece right here. But did you catch the rest of that? 
Salvation is not a reward for the good that we do, but Jesus has purposed us to do the good things he has planned for us. Mothering is one of those things that we can do for him. Mothering is one of the ways that we serve him. And here's an important key. Our identity is not found in what we do as a mother. So what is our highest calling? Well, it's servant. Now, let me just tell you, I feel like a servant on a regular basis at my house. <laughs> They're all making these faces. Y'all, I'm going to have to just stand over here and just, just talk over here because they keep making these faces. I think Sarah's already mad at me because I made them put that picture up. But anyway, she'll get over it. <laughs> but our service, we are called to be servants, and our service should be at the pleasure of only one. And that one is the most high, most gracious, most holy God, our Father in heaven. We should ask every single day, Father, what do you want from me today? How can I serve you today? That might be in your mothering, but it might not. It might be in something else that we need to do that day. But servant is the calling that is placed on every life, regardless if you are a mother or not. And it's the only label that we should wear because every other label, every other calling is wrapped up in that one. And it comes second to that one. Now, here's the deal. Serving is absolutely a choice, and it's a choice that requires constant sacrifice. But here's the kicker. We will be better mothers, sisters, brothers, fathers, spouses, coworkers, whatever, when we walk in our primary role as servant to the king in this life. Now, I believe most of us truly do want to do just that. We want to get up every day and say, what do you want me to do today? We want to walk out that calling. The question is, how do we do that, right? Because we live in a world where every moment of our time is enveloped in something that needs to get done and get it done right now. Anybody feel that way? It doesn't matter if you work outside the home or you work inside the home, and believe me, I've done both, there never seems to be enough time. Our hearts truly long for intimacy with our Heavenly Father, but we stay exhausted. Yeah? And I know this is true because every time I hug somebody or shake their hand, how are you doing today? I usually get the response, I'm good, but I'm tired, or I'm busy, right? So we stay either really tired or really busy or really busy and tired. That's me. Um, Nurturing our spiritual life seems like one more duty, one more thing to add to a life that is already spilling over with responsibilities. In Luke, we find a tale of two sisters, Both have responsibilities that culture demands, but one chooses to abandon cultural norms. And we're going to find that Jesus was pleased with that decision. So let's look at Luke 10, 38 through 40. 
says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Does that sound like any of your kids? Because I just heard all three of mine. <laughs> Mom, why does she have to do the laundry? Well, she's four, babe. <laughs> Although I need to tell y'all because I cannot lie in church. They don't do their own laundry. I should have taught them a long time ago. <laughs> Dr. T, well. <laughs> it's confession time at New Life. <laughs> Oh, heavens. All right, let's move on. <laughs> so Mary chose better because she lingered in the presence of the one who could free her of judgment, labels, and rejection. Now, I, I've skipped a lot, so I'm going to back up a little bit. Because what I want you to really notice in this that we just read is that Martha truly judged Mary. Did y'all see that? Um, Martha was mad at Mary. She felt that deep sense of, Seriously? You're just going to sit there and let me do all the work? Now, many times those feelings come from a deep root of rejection. So what I would say is we need to analyze why are we feeling so much irritation in a moment, right? If we take a step back and we really look at it and think about it, you might get some revelation. But when we've been rejected in our lives, we tend to become fearful of being rejected again. And so that feeling will manifest in a variety of ways, including jealousy or envy, maybe a deep desire to um, please others or to overachieve, maybe in comparing ourselves or in judging others. Does that sound like maybe that's what Martha was doing? I don't know, maybe a little. Out of the fear of being rejected. Now, I know the culture we live in, and I realize we can't fully and completely reject the culture expectations, although can I point out that that's exactly what Mary did? She completely rejected the fact that her, the expectations were not that she sit in the living room with the men, but that she be working with Martha doing the women things, right? But we're so afraid to reject those cultural norms. As a mother... I struggle with navigating through, the, through these cultural norms myself. I've spent too much time and too many resources on things that are not eternal to ensure what? That my children don't stand out? Hmm. I fear they will be rejected because it's a deep wound of my own, so I overcompensate for them. We all do it. I know we all do it because... I'm just a slightly above average girl, and if I'm doing it, most of the world is. On top of that, right, we have this whole generation of entitled humans that are about to take over the world. And if that's not a little scary, I mean, I think we all need to be repenting. We could stop right there. So I'm challenging us to stop. I'm saying, hey, let's get free of whatever it is that's keeping us bound and causing us to overcompensate as parents and start spending a little more time at Jesus' feet. 
Now, part of me is Mary. I truly, truly want, I truly long to sit at Jesus' feet and learn from him every day. I long to just hang out in his presence and enjoy his company. But I, unfortunately, am a lot like Martha. I know there is so much to do. Life is hectic at every level. I hear God's tender call to come, and I respond, Yes, Lord, I will come. But as soon as I sit, I start getting reminded of the permission slip I haven't signed, the um, lunch money that needs to be paid, the soccer game that I've got to prepare for, or a graduation party that needs to be planned. But listen to how Jesus responds to Martha. He says, But the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, Mary, and I've already said this once, but Mary did choose better because she lingered in the presence of the one who could free her of judgment, labels, and rejection. She understood that in that moment, nothing, not food, not a clean house, not a bill, not a soccer game, not clean clothes, Nothing was more important than leaning into Jesus because guess what? Jesus is the answer to our need for acceptance. The world applauds achievement, but God desires companionship. The world clamors, do more, be all that you can be. But our Father whispers, be still and know that I am God. Jesus' words to Martha are the words he wants to speak to your heart and to mine. You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. The one thing is not found in doing more. It's found by sitting at his feet. Do you feel more like Martha but want to be more like Mary? Me too. Three things rob us of being more like Mary. Distractions, doubt, and discouragement. You see, Martha was distracted by the things she thought needed to be done. Her distractions kept her from seeing the most important person in the room and what he had to offer her. Martha doubted that Jesus would be pleased with her if she didn't offer her guest a place to stay complete with a banquet. She became so discouraged by the pressure and amount of work ahead of her that she missed out on the treasure that was sitting in her living room. I know this is how many of us feel, mom or not. We are all so distracted by the things of this world. Trying to keep up with the fast pace and do more that we doubt we can ever be in genuine relationship with Jesus. And so... Discouragement creeps in and robs us of the joy that is fellowship with Christ. Relationships are often damaged because we allow the distractions to create a vast cavity. We think the answer is in space. And sometimes space is good for perspective. But when we're talking about our relationship with Jesus... Space is definitely not what we need. 
So when Sarah was an infant, she was just born, and um, she was my second child. Ashley's my oldest. Let me tell you this first. So when Ashley was born, it was easy, right? She was everything to me. Like I would pick her up and hold her, and she would nestle up against me. It was the most wonderful, most precious time ever. But when Sarah came along, it was very different. Sarah did not like me (laughs) at all. Um, I'd spent all this time giving myself these injections because that little thing gave me lots of trouble. I had gestational diabetes with her. I still want to kick her for it, but I try not to. It's, I forgave her. But anyway, um, <laughs> when she was born, I, I, after we got home, I would try to pick her up, and she would just kick and push. And, and I know a lot of you are saying, well, that's just involuntary movement. I know that's probably true, but it was very different because she kept kicking and pushing and crying. And no matter what I did, no matter if I swallowed her or whatever, she would kick and push away. And I remember after a few days of her doing this, I was, my feelings were really getting hurt. I was like, she does not like me. This is not a good thing. She's supposed to like me like Ashley liked me, but this child does not like me. And so I was sitting there one day, and I had her, and I was going to let her know who was boss, right? So I took her in my arms, and I remember this very vividly. I'm sitting on the couch, and I've got her resting on my knees with her head in my hand like this, and she's kicking and pushing, and and I just looked at her, and I said, you listen here, little girl. I said, I am your mother. I don't care how much you kick and push and squeal and cry, but I am going to hold you, and we are going to be friends. And over the course of the next little bit, the more I swaddled her, the more I got her close, the more I provided for her, the more I laid beside her, the more I talked to her, the more I sang to her, the more I pursued her, the more that relationship became very solid. And we bonded. And to this day, she's the only one that will climb on me. <laughs> Stand up, Sarah. <laughs> Y'all, this thing will climb up in my lap. <laughs> and I fuss and complain, but I love it. <laughs> but here's my point. Sometimes... We get the idea that a one-sided relationship is too hard to pursue. And sometimes our relationship with Jesus seems one-sided, right? But the truth of it is, when it feels one-sided, that's when you've got to press in more. That's when you've got to pursue it a little bit harder. Because the only requirement for a deeper friendship with God is showing up with a heart that is open and ready to receive. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So what is the big idea today? What is the one thing that I hope you take from today's message? Labels can cause us to feel overwhelmed and lead to a distracted, doubtful, and discouraged heart. But Jesus says, when we run to him and cast our cares on him, there will be no burden too heavy to bear. I know in a crowd this size, there are many of you 
of you in here who are carrying heavy burdens. I know that there's some of you who've had expectations of your children and they just haven't lived up to those expectations. I know there's some of you that have lost moms and children, and it's hard. Mother's Day is not always easy for everyone. But that's what's so good about a relationship with Jesus. He knows your hurts. He knows what you need. But if you push away and you try to bear that hurt all on your own, there's no healing for that. You've got to run to him, pursue him, sit at his feet in the midst of that. Remember that we like to think our kids are ours. They're really not. They're really God's. He just said, hey, hey, you, Gail, I'm going to entrust you with these children to raise. You do the best that you can do. And when we sit at his feet, he empowers us to do the best that we can do. When we really and truly believe that, the outcome is not on us. When we truly believe that, the outcome is not on us. So when the expectations that we have for our children don't pan out quite like we expected, it's not our burden to bear. I know that we do because I know as a mama when my kiddos are hurting, I'm hurting deeply. The good thing is we take that hurt, we lay it at the feet of Jesus. He carries that hurt for us and lightens our burden and lightens our load. So what would I say to you today, mothers? I would say you deserve some time with Jesus. I want to tell you this too. When mine were little, it did not hurt them to give them a little bit of cereal, let them sit and watch a little Disney while I sat with a little Jesus. As a matter of fact, they were way better for it because I was way better for it. So don't be afraid to do it. Can we stand?